Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I I want to um, start off the the talk by sharing something uh, personal that I'm sure many people here can uh, relate to. All of us, in one way or another. Um, my dog died this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved him a lot. You know, your dog, right? Um, it wasn't a surprise, um, but still, it was. It's been hard. It's been a hard week. And I, I thought. I did this on uh, Monday at Spirit Rock. He died on Monday morning, and I had written something just before, a couple of days before, when we knew he had been in the vets, and uh, and I took him home and wanted to be with him the last few days, and uh, <clears throat> so I wrote this the day before he died. Actually, I'll share it with you. <clears throat> My beloved dog, Pal, came home from four days at the vet's. She said she doesn't think he'll be around much longer since his kidneys are failing. He's 12 years old, and I love him very much. He's been my teacher for patience and unconditional love. The news didn't come as too much of a surprise. I've been saying goodbye in my mind for the last few months as he's gotten weaker and weaker, Yet it still hurts. I'll miss him terribly. 
I don't bury my head into anyone else's belly or smother my wife with kisses like I do every day with him. And yet, it's his time. I could go on and on about his amazing attributes, how everyone who sees him falls in love with him, how I can recall very few walks when at least one person didn't stop and ask about him since his aura of love and sweetness was palpable. But I imagine most every dog owner, do we really own our dogs? Most every dog owner would say their dog was special, and of course they're right. But that doesn't change the fact that his end is probably near, and to the extent that I wish it were different, I will add to the suffering. Right now, because my mind is not filled with resistance, there's room to focus on appreciating all his wonderful qualities and lie down next to him, mainlining unconditional love. There's the love, the sadness, acceptance, and appreciation all floating in the space of awareness that just sees the way it is for me right now. No sorting, figuring out, wishing it were different, just allowing all the feelings to be felt, play themselves out, and move through me. Altogether, they create an experience of poignancy where the heart is touched, open, and feeling deeply several things at the same time. In a peculiar way, it feels good. I know that I'm alive, and my openness helps me connect to life instead of railing against it. I'm sure whenever I see a dog with his owner, I'll think of Pal, and my heart will get a surge of my love for him, the gratitude I feel for the intimacy we shared, and for having such an amazing being as a friend. <clears throat> Where could that love go? He's part of me, and he's enriched my life, and I'm grateful. So, it's been hard. It has been hard. You know, and yet it's been really alive. Mm. I let go of trying to get too much done yesterday. I kind of came back a little to life today. Um, so here I wanted to talk about this mystery of connection that we have with other beings. And as I share about my unique relationship with this dog that has affected me so much, putting it in the context of Burma and China and the thousands and thousands of people who've died in millions, perhaps in dire straits, you know, the mind can't hold all of that. Every one of those people means something to somebody else. Not to mention all the animals in Burma and China and all the other places in the world, but those are the ones that are focusing us now. So it's it's so interesting. I. I've been kind of juxtaposing those two realities here, this being that I love so much that that really affected me when 
the news about tragedies around the world saddens me, but not nearly to the extent that, that I felt this week. It's just so curious. And there's no wrong or right in it. It's just the way it is. This mystery of connection that we share with each other, we, we affect each other. Here's this beautiful being, this dog. He was so good. He was, he was really good. And uh, never said a word to me. never argued with me. <laughs> Just being himself, and it, it touched me so. And it's really um, good to reflect on that the Buddha very um, clearly addressed the fact that we are relational beings. The, the Eightfold Path, three links are about our speech with each other, our actions with each other, our livelihood, right there. And he set up his order so that monastics couldn't go off in a cave and get away from the world. They had to honor that connection that we have with each other by depending on alms each day for sustenance. I know Oren spoke a couple of a month or so ago, a couple of months about relationship, and I listened to the talk. It was a beautiful talk, um, but I'm going to give my own perspective. First, as I think about this week with, with Pal, um, how mysterious the special bond that we do share with another being. And every, one of, every relationship is unique. You know, you, my connection with with my dog was different from my wife's and they had a, they he loved her and my son Adam my son Adam is, goes to school in uh, Evergreen up in Washington and when I told him on Saturday Pal is uh, is not going to be with us much longer he said I've got to come down and he came down on Sunday flew down his ticket was to go back Monday afternoon and Pal passed away Monday morning in my arms. He had, we had a, I, I was sleeping out in the living room and he had a kind of fitful night and then when, when I woke up um, uh, he had gone. Um, but Adam has his own relationship with Pal. I have to come down. And each one of us had a unique relationship with him. Just like you have a, a a best friend or a close friend, you share a particular energy with that being that's different than you share with any of your other friends. Isn't it so? In fact, what is what I wanted to have you do? Just think of somebody 
who you have a lot of connection with, a warm connection with. Bring them to mind right now. You might close your eyes to feel that special energy that you share when you're together. Feel the quality of it or the characteristics of it. The uniqueness of it. Okay, and then saying goodbye to that person um, for now. Let somebody else come to mind. A different relationship. Again, somebody that you really care about and appreciate. And get in touch with that particular unique energy that you share. Notice the subtleties, if it's exactly the same as the first one or the different qualities that you each bring to it that creates something between you. Okay, you can open your eyes gently. You notice a, a different flavor with each person? It has to be because it's a different combination. And all the, the combinations, well, there's six billion people on the planet, let alone pets and relationships with, with non-human beings. Every one of those has its own permutation and combination of something that flows between us. What is it that flows between us? That has so many different variations. What is it that flows between us? You know, of course you could say, oh well, it's love. But what is that? How many different flavors of love there are? how many different flavors of connection there are. It's quite mysterious. Sometimes I, when I'm uh, walking in, uh, in public and I, and I see people, a lot of people speaking on their cell phones, and uh, each one I just imagine who is on the other end, and that person is just so engrossed in their conversation because this person, whoever is holding a cell phone someplace miles away or thousands of miles away, is important. They have this special connection with this other person. That person matters to them. I don't know. My mind just really trips out on that. It's, it's, it's quite, quite curious how we have these karmic relationships. Oh, you matter. And really... What we're saying is, you okay? Hi, I care about you. You know, much of the time, maybe others, there's other conversations going on, but often it's, often what we're really saying is, hi, I'm in here, you in there? Nice to, nice to know you. Let me hear what your experience is like, because we care, because we can, 
because that special energy that we share mm, and whether it's human or uh, between human and animal, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, do you think ants have that kind of connection with each other? Who, maybe they do. Who's to say they don't? Although, when I think about animal, well, ants are very communally oriented, totally. And then there are some animals that uh, are, are quite alone. They're loners. Um, then there's microorganisms, viruses, bacteria, other living forms that probably don't have the same kind of connection. So what is it that we're so blessed with that we can feel that connection? And what flows between us? This is from uh, Mayor Baba. He says, Love has to spring spontaneously from within. It is in no way amenable to any form of inner or outer force. Love and coercion can never go together. But though love cannot be forced on anyone, it can be awakened in them through love itself. Love is essentially self-communicative. Those who do not have it catch it from those who have it. True love is unconquerable and irresistible, and it goes on gathering power and spreading itself until eventually it transforms everyone whom it touches. So, besides what is it that flows between us that we call love, whose is it? Who does it belong to? You know, when you have that connection with your friend, is it yours? Is it theirs? In a way, it just kind of uses us to find itself, like Mayor Baba says. You know, it just finds itself and awakens itself. I don't think of it so much as we catch it from someone else as much as it gets awakened in us through um, exposure to love itself. One of my uh, favorite inspiring books is uh, a non-Buddhist book, uh, The Universe is a Green Dragon. And from time to time I've, I've read from it. It's by Brian Swim, who's a... Um, Astronomer, astrophysicist, uh, and uh, and theologian, creation spirituality, um, along with uh, Matthew Fox and Thomas Berry, and he says, um, in the different forces in the universe, there are some basic forces in the universe, and one of them he calls allurement. Allurement. Love begins as allurement, as attraction. Think of the entire cosmos, all 100 billion galaxies rushing through space. At this cosmic scale, the basic dynamism of the universe is the attraction that each galaxy has for every other galaxy. Nothing in all science has been established and studied with greater attention and detail than this primary attraction 
of every part of the universe for every other part. And he goes on to say, I won't, don't need to read it, but all these different uh, forces that are that express themselves as mm, gravity, as magnetism, as what holds atoms together, what holds the center of a nucleus together. All of these, a very central experience of connection that keeps the universe together. And we call it love when it comes between our human expressions. Mm. And without it, the whole universe would just kind of come apart. But we're drawn to each other and to connect with each other. And when the connection is so strong between humans, it can create life. That's pretty mysterious, isn't it? It creates itself through connection. So I thought that maybe we could just uh, celebrate the mystery of it and explore a little bit about how it works and how it can lead to happiness. Mm. One of the, the mysteries is that it can change, can't it? We fall in love with somebody and think, oh, this is the person of my dreams. And then it can be wanting or it can be disappointment, it can be resentment, it can be anger, it can be hatred. Think of all the, the marriages that start off I love you forever and ever that don't end up that way. Even between uh, friends, it's so it can be a, a fragile thing at times that relationship takes work, doesn't it? And I've been in a great relationship for mm, 25 years now with my wife and still, it takes work. It really does. Fortunately, she's, we're both in it for the long haul, and so uh, that makes a big difference when you say, whether it's your primary partner or a friend, okay, no matter what, we'll have our differences. We're in it for the long haul. But we can't be too idealistic about this magical energy that is shared between humans who are humans and it's a little easier around pets. You know, you might think, oh, well, I'm in a spiritual community. Yeah. That means we get along. You know, I, I've been involved in uh, what's called Dharma politics for 30-plus years. And the first time, it kind of made me scratch my head. Well, wait a second. Everybody here is into the Dharma. Of course we get along. And then you think about different versions of God because we feel so deeply about our own version of God. Or in Buddhism, the different expressions of Buddhism from Theravadan and, and Mahayana and, and, and 
Vajrayana and Mayana is better than your Yana, you know. And even in Theravadan, the Theravadan world where, you know, <clears throat> the forest monastery, forest monastic is might be different from the, the city, the urban monastic, or Burmese versus Thai Buddhism and uh and then there's all the teachers that I, I, I you know, I'm blessed with friends, with friendships with, you know, lots of Dharma teachers. And, you know, sometimes we don't get along. You know? <clears throat> Although I must say Spirit Rock is really good at just working things out because we're, we're big on, on that, and on community. But whether it's teachers or communities or Dharma friends, um, it, it takes, it takes practice until you're an arhat until you're a, a fully enlightened being there's going to be self that gets in the way so how to use this connection to open up to real happiness and avoid suffering well I'll just kind of share the obvious but spell it out and maybe we can do a little bit of practice with it. We have some time. The connections that lead to suffering or the interactions that lead to suffering, the unwholesome states, are all about what can I get either from this relationship or from this situation they're all about a sense of self and not the connection isn't the primary thing, it's what's in it for me is the primary thing. Whether it's greed or ill will or delusion or envy or judgment, all of those are so painful because the connection between us is secondary to that self selfishness what is selfish self it's about ourselves and the buddha said if you really want happiness then this connection with others can be a huge source of happiness all the wholesome states have to do with rather than what can i get what do i have to offer what can i give non greed which is generosity, non-ill will, non-hatred, which is a sense of kindness and love, really opening our hearts to that connection, non-delusion, that is real clarity and seeing, oh, what is this person about? Harmony creates happiness selfishness doesn't. Okay, that's pretty obvious. At the end of our life, what do you want to remember as far as your coming to some sense of peace and ease? Jack Cornfield has a, a good question. He says, the most important question is po possibly, did I love well? And did I let others know that I love them? Did I make a difference? Did I contribute something 
to the world? Can I be present? Have I been present for the people that I care about? It's so available to us, and yet it's so um, elusive. This was uh, somebody, two people from uh, from the Joy Course a, a number of, uh, a while ago. One uh, who was with his father, he said, um, I was on the phone with my father. Although he has lots of people in his life, he lives alone and gets lonely a lot. Sometimes when we talk, he gives me a minute-by-minute minute account of his day, and when this happens, it's almost all I can do to not hang up in frustration. Well, this happened a couple of weeks ago, and I slipped into my judging and impatience. Then I remembered this practice of just being there, of generosity, and I said to myself, he's just lonely. Give him my time. Do it graciously. Just be with him for him. And I felt myself get so much bigger inside. I had, I had so much more space. I was more relaxed, and I'm pretty sure he felt it. He sounded happier and more relaxed. Then I began doing this with lots of things, where before I'd grumble inside and say, I don't have time for this. I can't believe that my partner asked me to do this now. I began saying, just give her this and do it with a spirit of generosity. It's made such a difference in me and in the interaction. Just a little decision, okay, suspend the judgment. How about just be here for this person? It doesn't take so long. This is somebody else, people that he didn't know. I decided that I would say good morning to everyone I passed on my walk around Marina Bay. I was amazed at the smiles and reactions I got just from saying a cheery good morning, just acknowledging that they were there. And I've been doing that the whole month, and it's just been wonderful. Another person noticed after our discussion the powerful difference when she said thank you and really meant it, and how it was much more genuine and impactful response. <clears throat> so being present doesn't take so, much, so long, and that's the key to happiness. Another key as far as the connection, besides the loving-kindness practice and the, the metta practice, and we'll just do a, a little bit, I like doing this, is the uh, mudita practice. It's a great practice. <clears throat> you tune into the happiness around you. <clears throat> and what it means is suspending your own internal experience and just, it's like you're turning on another TV show. There used to be a, a show, The Naked City, if you're old enough. And ten, there are eight million stories in The Naked City. This is one of them. And the camera would descend on this one person walking from, from an aerial view down onto the streets of New York. And that was the show for tonight. And then you just kind of tune into this reality for a half an hour. Well, you don't have to do it for half an hour, even just for a few moments, and it makes such a difference. So I'd like to do just a little mudita practice, and perhaps you can um, uh, play around with that this week besides appreciating the connections of everyone in your life. So first thing I'd like you to do is uh, think of something that you really enjoy. 
whether it's hiking or singing or dancing or what really does it for you? And get in touch with um, why you enjoy it. If you can, put it into words, but mostly get in touch with the whole feeling. Okay, and now you can open your eyes. And I'd like you to... Um, Find a partner to share, and we'll do some mudita practice. We might have done this before, but can't do too much mudita. Um, so I'd like you to find a person, and then each person will talk for about, uh, I'll tell you, in about three minutes, one person at a time, and the person who's talking, sharing about what it is that they just thought of that they get some joy from. And the person who's listening is doing the mudita practice. All you're doing is tuning into their reality and letting yourself enjoy their happiness. It gets you out of your head for a few moments. No drama, nothing to take care of. You're just uh, letting their joy rub off on you. Okay. You don't don't force this. Don't try to be joyful or anything. All you're doing is just imagine. They might they like might like down downhill. You know, slalom skiing, which might be the last thing that you could think of. But there you are, just tuning in, just like you tune into a movie. Oh, wow, that must be interesting. Okay, and then you'll have your turn too. All right, so. Just uh, don't start just yet. Find somebody near you. If you need a partner, raise your hand and I'll uh, either match you or I'll be a partner. Who else needs a partner? Okay, here you go. Uh, okay. All right. Everybody else have a partner? Okay, ready, uh, decide who, oh, any, oh, you need a partner? Um, anybody else who doesn't have a partner? Okay, then you be my partner, come on up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the person with, um, did I say that? Longer, longest hair goes first, okay? All right, go. The person, uh, the other person, is just listening, really taking it in.
Okay, now just for a moment, stop where you are and go inside and feel what it's like to tune into this person if you were listening and feel what it's like to have shared. switch
here, just hold on. So, all right, once again, go inside and just feel what it was like to tune into that other person or to share. Just to feel the connection between you. What is that energy that flows between two people that can make both of them happy? How miraculous. How available. It is pretty amazing how um, available it is. It just takes a few minutes. So, any uh, anyone want to share their experience? What that was like? Particularly, if you haven't. Uh, felt myself glowing with happiness talking about what my thing was, my thought, which is running in Tilden. I felt myself glowing with happiness when I was just sharing my um, thing, which was running up in Tilden, and how happy I felt doing it and remembering and getting that feeling back and sharing it with someone, although it's somebody I didn't know until now. It just made me feel really happy and glowing, and that carried over when um, my partner was also expressing her memory of what she... um, was remembering as a positive experience because, as you say, it was a palpable feeling of energy passing between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's free. It's not complicated. It's just sharing your being, mm-hmm. and you can tune into that other reality and bring that out in each of you. Thank you. Anything else, Raz? First of all, it was, it's great to hear it as a full piece without interrupting, you know, and hearing the, the whole, the, hearing the whole um, experience without interjecting my own experience into that. I really enjoyed that. And even though we had two different um, things that made us joyful, there were so many similarities. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it really doesn't matter what the other person's saying or what you're saying. It's what's exchanged between you that really matters. Mm-hmm. It was great. Thanks. That's it. Yeah. Whatever that is that passes between you, it's really good. Yeah. Santiago. Uh, in, in my case, I think, um, or in our case, uh, the, what comes out is that uh, as you pay attention and, and as you pay uh, and as you listen to the other person's story um, basically it shows that uh, you are dedicated to share 
or to listen. And in that dedication, I think, comes the pleasure, their own pleasure of the, per of the other party. In other words, by paying attention, by listening to the person tell the story, you get the pleasure of realizing that it's such a small effort that you have to make and makes the other person so much uh, grandiose, so, so much bigger. And if that's reciprocal, then it's even greater. What was that? If that is reciprocal, if the two parties mm -hmm. experience the same, yeah. go through the same process, that's, yeah. that's the secret. I'm interested in you. Oh, and you're interested in me? How wonderful. Yeah. Dennis? So it comes to mind, uh, my experience with Santiago was likewise beneficial, and, and now we know each other. It's, it's amazing. So I've been saying this joke for years, maybe 25 years, in elevators. Walk into an elevator, everybody looks at the ceiling as if no one is there. And I say, uh, what do you call a rabbit anesthesiologist? And some people will turn and look. The ether bunny. Real stupid joke, but you could tell it to your grandmother. So nobody could be offended except lawyers who all say, boo, boo. But still, it's like walking, a guy walking and saying hi to everybody. So it's do you do this in elevators? Every single time. <laughs> and when the doors open, it's like... Yeah, and when the doors open, it's like joy from the elevator spreads into the world mm -hmm. and, and, and fills the world with more joy. <laughs> oh, cool. That's really, that's an interesting practice, yeah. <laughs> but, and there is something about aligning the energy when everybody's on a common wavelength. Yeah, that's quite magical. Great. So you can um, have fun this week. Uh, you might... Play around with it. Play around with mudita. Play around with just a little bit extra being present for somebody that that you care about or that you're not quite as as present sometimes as you'd like. Just do it for the the investigation of it. Just the experiment. They don't even have to know why you're being present. Okay, but just see how it feels both for yourself and the energy, that mysterious thing that passes between us. Because your presence, it's like you in, when you invest a little bit in that connection, it's more meaningful to you as well as to, to them. So everybody wins. Okay, that's, uh, let's close with a loving kindness. Hmm connecting with yourself most important relationship when you know yourself and get who you really are then you can let go of trying to make it any better for anyone else then you can just radiate it out may I open to all the happiness in my life May I be, may I enjoy being present for others. May I share my love well. 
may I see the true nature in others around me and in myself. And then sending this out to everyone here and all beings everywhere, may all find real happiness in their life. May all access peace inside. May all share their love well. And may they see, realize their true nature. May our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.